Welcome to Equal Footing with Dove Tusman. We're going to have a fun show tonight. We've got Uncle Heshi Tischler, who's been a guest before on the show. We're going to get into some interesting stuff. Heshi, welcome to the studio. Hello, Dove. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. I'm so happy to be here. I love your smile. I missed you. You know, I call you from time to time when you don't hang up on me on the show, you know, <laughs> and you let me talk, but it's great to see you again. You're wonderful. You know, I appreciate it. You called in, I think, a couple months ago, and the last time we were together was around Hanukkah, if I recall correctly, right, right. and we're still we were still in the midst of the pandemic, and it was yeah. the nicest time to be able to greet you more normally. That's right. You've got your Heshi Tischler for City Council hat on. I, I had to wear the hat because you know we're videotaping this. I got to make sure and, you know I have my nice ties. You know they're buying me ties now. Right. I want you to. I'm embarrassed. Linda bought me a purple tie, and she asked me today, "Where is it?" I, I hid it under the mattress because I'm never going to wear that. I'm not a crazy person. A purple. Who is a you wear a purple tie? I can't wear. A purple I don't wear tie. No, you know, you know, I never wore ties till now. You should have warned me. We had someone videotaping at the show. I would have, I would have no, dressed more you nicely. You look so great, you're handsome. I, I, I need to wear the tie to hide the, the dropping neckline, but it's okay. You're looking great. You know, you. tonight we're going to get into. Uh, a topic that we actually started to cover with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, who I'm sure you know, uh, last October in our first part of this series. This is the second part of a series called Donald and the Jews. Wow. It's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but the idea is to visit the relationship, somewhat complicated relationship, evolving relationship between Trumpism, the Trump movement, which... Uh, captivates at least 40%, if not more, of, of the country and still does, and the Jewish community, particularly the observant Jewish community, of which one can make the strong argument the capital is New York when it comes to North America. We will. And a community that for decades, in a certain sense, tried, tried to stay on the DL, you know, kind of under the radar as it related to political affiliations. And then in this last executive administration, really came out very much in favor numbers-wise. Their estimates anywhere between 70 and 85% of people that self-qualify as observant Jews voted for Trump, which I thought was a staggeringly high number, given that historically the Jewish vote has been democratic and, and you know, for the Democratic Party in the United States. And now looking at this post-election, because our first part in the series with Rabbi YY was prior to the election, where are we today? And obviously we're going to hit on some other vectors while we're talking. So first, let's get out some of the, uh, you know, you're a radio host, Heshi, you know I have to get out some of the uh, I got you. protocol. We've we got to pay for the show. Well, we're going to we're gonna do that in a, in a little bit. Oh, but okay. first, we're, you know, this is live radio, right. like yours is. Uh, by the way, you can hear the Just Enough Heshi Tischler show. I love you. Wednesday nights, 9 o'clock. That's right, on this network, on the Talkline network. Uh, and, and we're on YouTube and Facebook, by the way, as well. That's great. Yeah, yeah we're, we're not on video yet, but you can find us on the, on the major broadcasting platforms here on Equal Footing. And well, tonight you're on video. We're video tonight we're yeah. on video. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying you. to say not self-conscious of that. No, you're so not beautiful. My you're, you're handsome, my boy. Don't worry about it. You have nothing to worry about. I love you. You're just great. We balance each other in terms of like, you know, skin color and so forth. Right. I'm, the, I'm, I'm the Sephard in the room. You're the Ashkenazi. I know. <laughs> kind of, I not know, really. I know. <laughs> so, okay, so here we go. Um, you can participate live in this conversation with uh, activist and aspiring politician. Really, you're already a politician. I, I, I should be. I, I want to stop that i'm not a politician i will never be a politician i'm a i'm a guide i'm somebody that's going to shout and scream and like i tell everybody else you and i dove we've gone through a lot of stuff and we always fight the city hall we fight the the, the people to help our fellow man and friends I'm going into City Hall to fight them from the inside. This time I'm going to be there inside, not as a politician, but as a person of the people. Right. And that's okay. how we're going to make the change. So to participate, I'm going to rephrase, as a, to participate in this conversation, politician, aspiring go ahead, go ahead, go. representative of the people. Look how smart this guy. That's why he Heshi went to Harvard. Tischler. I only went to a regular Talmudical Academy. God, you're a smart guy. Okay. I love you. That's the, the, right before you hit me with the sucker <laughs> punch there. Okay. The number to call into is 718 
718-303-9090 to get live on the air. That's 718-303-9090. You can always call in anonymously. Some people want to do that. They don't, you don't have to say your name to get past uh, Dimitri. He's very patient on the switchboard. You can also text questions. We get a lot of texts, Heshi, on this uh. show, partly because we, talk, we do hit a lot of very personal subject, uh, sensitive subject matter. I imagine this show will be a little bit different, but uh, you can text a question again. You can give your name. You can also do it anonymously at 917-428-4062. That's 917-428-4062. You can also WhatsApp to that same number. Okay. Hashi, a lot of people that listen to this show know who you are, but there, you know, we have listenership around the, around the country, uh, even outside of the country. So let me just give a quick background for those of you who don't know Harold Uncle Heshi Tischler. That's right. That's <laughs> right. You, you know, you can laugh at that Uncle Heshi, but I've been called Uncle Heshi by adults, by seniors, by younger ones. I, 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 what is an uncle? An uncle is uh, not your father. He's your father's brother that sometimes when your parents get a little bit too harsh on you, you need a break. You need somebody to give you outside advice, somebody who's looking in from the outside. And that's who I am, Uncle Heshi, that I understand that I'm going easier on you. I understand I'm giving you that extra ice cream when you're not allowed to. But I'm the guy who's looking outside the box, looking in, giving advice. And for some reasons, it's worked since I'm in yeshiva. Well, you know, you know Heshi, I, I love the... One of the reasons I believe you're called uncle, which is your work with, with children and young people that you take in. That's, with, I with love your that. Wife. That was it. That show that you made with those kids. You are great. You are, you, you hit it on the button. I love you for that. And you very, and I, I see how much you care for the children. And we have to be careful because they are our future. You're referring to a show we did at the beginning of this year around. Yeah. Uh, we touched on issues around teen depression yeah. and issues oh. that, that young people have faced during this so pandemic serious. period. I love yeah. you on that one. It's really, a, I, I deal with it all the time, every day. You hit it, you hit it on the button, and um, I'm proud of you. And, and I want your listeners to know it's a serious issue, guys. I'll be, I, it's a mental health issue. And remember, those children are going to be adults. And it doesn't go away because you feel like it going away. You are, And you spoke to the kids themselves. Yeah, we had a panel of four yeah. kids from yeah. 12 to 19. Yeah. I really appreciate you saying that, Heshi, because we actually took quite a bit of flack for that show. There were some people no. said, listen, you, you shouldn't quote-unquote glorify teen depression, and that's not what we were doing. Sure. We were trying to give kids an outlet, young people an outlet to to talk about issues that, frankly, we all deal with yeah. and to be able to feel like they weren't alone. Let me finish with your bio, though, because oh, I'm ahead. trying to help you be an I'm aspiring representative of the people. I'm not important. They're coming out to vote. For, remember, you, you see, if you notice, I don't want people calling me Mr. Tischler, Heshi Tischler, Heshi. That's what I've always been known as. When you have a problem, you call Heshi. You call your friend. You call your uncle. That's it. Blaine right. Heshi. Well, in addition to being an uncle, your father of three, your grandfather of many, as I said, your, your foster father with your kind wife, you guys have taken kids that are um, Linda yeah with Linda's it's people that are really young people going through a lot of issues uh, you've been an activist in your businessman and radio show host okay I want to get into without further ado has she the, the the topic at hand which is the relationship today with the Trump movement which has changed since the election uh, in a sense, has solidified, I would say, in terms of, um, you know, it pe- some people predicted it was going to disappear right after the election. It certainly has not disappeared. It's still a very important block, whether you agree with it or not. And on this show, as you know from last time we've been together, Heshi, I'm not, I'm not here to state my political opinions. The objective is to really, on equal footing, address things from different perspectives. Where do you see, and I know this isn't your only constituent set, of course, but you come from the community. You're an observant Jew. I am too, but, you know, it's that's um, they're also we are in very different realms of spectrum and not, not you and I necessarily, but people can have different political views as an as an observant person of faith and uh, different philosophical views, etc. But in general, in your constituent set, where do you see the relationship today between the Trumpism, the Trump movement and leadership in Congress and maybe even in, in the state of New York and the observant Jewish community in your in your uh, district? I wish that uh, more people thought about, you know, you think that Donald Trump is gone. Usually when somebody loses, uh, or even me, you know, you make a couple of videos or you go out and scream and then 
people forget about you next week or if you do something great they forget about it two months later and you know I'm not one of those egomaniacs that even cares if you remember what I did for you or not Donald Trump is a man who who is who is different. He wasn't uh, a politician. He walked in there, kept his promises. Now you're right. He lost the election. Fair, not fair. Bottom line is Biden won. People are not going to forget Donald Trump. Now the GOP today is lost. They lost after two years their seat because they could have made things work better. Actually, pardon for the interruption, but for the benefit of the audience, are you a registered Republican? Or a I am not. I've been a Democrat since I'm 18 years old. I believe in the Democratic Party, even though my party is lost. Uh, they became a lot of leftists, and that's why I'm going to fight them. I believe we still have a lot of moderates out there, and the only way to get stuff done in, in New York City is to be a Democrat, and a lot of Jewish people are Democrats. You're right, they're switching to the Republican side, but yeah, still. Si- almost 65% of American Jews or a registered Democrat, just right. Exactly, that's yeah. the point. Because we, our parents were that way. It's the right way. The GOP was different. The GOP is changing. They're being more democratic. But again, the Democrats went more left. Now, my community loves Donald Trump. He was different. We lost the election. Nobody's going to forget about him. I think Donald will make noise. Will Donald come back in 2024? I don't know. Hesh, when you say your community, what does that mean? My community is not only Borough Park, Flatbush, Midwood, Cheapside Bay. Not even the, the a lot of the Russian community is become. Republican. Um, I believe my community is um, the the Jews over New York City. Even even the more modern Jews. Now a lot of the modern Jews, even like my brother-in-law, are more modern. Not, I'm not talking modern like you and me. I'm talking uh, not so orthodox. You know, um, even though you and I are, are not Hasidic, but we're still part of the Hasidic Orthodox. It's one group. We just look a little different, but really we all do- pray the same and go to the same shops. The more modern, uh, the less modern Jews are Democrats. They're really not more for Biden. When they see that America is not getting along, the problem with the GOP, the the, the Republican Party, is that if they do win in two years, that's the problem. What we're going to have a problem is just like it happened after Trump's two years, we're going to go back into closing down our budgets, government shutting down, problems again. I believe that I'm hoping that we do win back both well, the Senate Hesh, and the Congress. This is, this is going to be really hard for you because obviously you correctly, for what you're doing, you're running for city council, and, and for the benefit of listeners, which district is that in again? Uh, 48th district, the 48th Flatbush, district. Midwood, Sheepshead Bay, and Brighton Beach, and Manhattan Beach. Right. So this is going to be difficult for you because you obviously have a platform, you have a point of view, and you're speaking to your constituency. What I'd like to do on this show is kind of abstract a little bit from the actual platform and talk about the sociology of it, the relationship between the observant Jewish world and Trumpism. And if I could read you... Trumpism or Donald Trump itself? Trumpism is, 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 you're right, Trumpism is great. We love Trumpism. Donald Trump, we love him, we love him, but again, as president... And he had a lot of policies which were great, and I don't, I have one or two problems with his policies as well. He lost because he, he stopped. Everybody says, oh, come from Corona and stuff. He stopped. He says, listen, Democrats, go ahead. Let's see what you can do during my presidency. Mess up. And they didn't really mess up that bad. That's the problem. They didn't do good, but they didn't mess up that bad. He let them take control. We love Donald Trump. His whole principle, his whole Trumpism, as you called it, brilliant. The first two years, out of this world. And then he stopped. Let's talk about, for a moment, this complicated issue of anti-Semitism. And I want to read you a, a quote from... Uh, Joshua Shanes, he's an associate professor of Jewish studies at the College, College of Charleston, uh, and he said, while the president, talking about President Trump, former president, while, while President Trump pledged to combat anti-Semitism, he often indulged in long-standing anti-Semitic tropes himself. And you r- might recall Heshi during the vice presidential debate, which was uh, Pence uh, debating with uh, Senator Kamala Harris, Pence refuted this argument around anti-Semitism by saying that, that President Trump at the time could not possibly be anti-Semitic because he has Jewish grandchildren. So I want to take a step back and I want to put, you know, let's pretend for a moment we're in you know, philosophy class. I want to put a hypothetical to you. Let's say hypothetically that both are true, meaning there were anti-Semitic tropes that were used uh, during the Trump administration, some of which ended up in some very scary scenes, for example, in the the, uh, 
the uh, insurrection that occurs in, occurred on the 6th of January this year, and there were, you know, uh, flags and, and there were symbols and so forth that as Jews uh, are very um, triggering and difficult to see. So let's put as a hypothetical that that did happen. Instead of, you know, kind of arguing the base that argument, yes, there were anti-Semitic um, triggers and tropes and so forth that were used by both Trump and the Trump movement. And let's put as a hypothetical at the same time that there is reason in the fact that there were, for the first time, to my knowledge, Jewish kids in the White House who were related to the president. <laughs> that was the first time that it happened in this country. And that you could actually have a politician that was both, that both was um, taking advantage of anti-Semitic over- undertones in this country and also was very attuned to the Jewish communities, at least the observant Jewish communities, needs. For example, foreign policy moving the embassy to, to Jerusalem and uh, fomenting the peace agreement between uh, the UAE and, and Qatar and Israel and so forth. How can those two things, if you believe those two things, hypothetically, let's take a leap of faith if you, if you need to, that those two things coexisted over these last four years, how can, as, as, a, as an observant Jew, as someone that whether they wear a yarmulke or not, whether they, you know, someone who identifies as, as Jewish, uh, and, and strongly so, and also, str- and strongly and, and loyally American, reconcile those things, Heshi. How can you reconcile the movement having kind of a, uh, a poison of anti-Semitism somewhere within it, and also in one way, it's seeming like the most, let's call it Jewish or Israel-friendly administration in a long time? Number one, um, Wow, very interesting. And I'll be honest with you, uh, I agree with you. Uh, number one, Donald Trump, um, I don't believe that his Jewish grandchildren or converted Jewish children had any influence on him. I mean, we've seen Donald Trump at 70 years old. He has a history. He had a history of 50 years of dealing with Jews, blacks, Hispanic, Latinos, uh, Asian. You're talking, if you ever walk through a lot of his companies, and I've been to some of his sites, um, I've seen, I remember I'm in the industry of construction as well. No, I haven't really dealt with, I think once I bumped into him, but I've had a lot of friends that dealt with his company. And if you even talk to a lot of his tenants and the p- videos that you've seen across the board, spectrum, charities, what he's done for the community. So you want to say because he likes to do, if anything, he would be foolish foolish to identify as a Jew. There was a, there was a chief justice, I've forgotten, the 1800s, one of the like first that ones. joke when someone says they're converting to Judaism. Like, yeah. Why on earth would you do that? Exactly. Why do you want to be part now, of this you group? Know, people want, you know, when I, <laughs> something's in the field, when I run around, I take off my yarmulke, so they shouldn't see that I'm Jewish. Not that I'm embarrassed of it, but sometimes they could use it against you. Not that yeah. I care, but my job is to help the people. Donald Trump's job was to help the people, not identify as a Jew or grandchildren. Now, he went out, if you look at his history, I don't believe there was any anti-Semitism. Now, you're right. I was there on January 6th, by the way. Wow. I was there. there at the Capitol. Not only at the Capitol, running around, interviewing people, making videos. I was even. I there. hope you weren't storming the Capitol. So, uh, you know what? I, I was supposed to go to the White House, and as we were walking there with Soya, uh, we were texting. Soya, by the way, for those uh, listeners, is is a, a, a very nice woman here who is videotaping. And my co host. And my co host. I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't know yeah. that. Oh, of course, I've heard you. Now I place a. Right. <laughs> I've never seen you, but. but <laughs> I've heard you, yes. That means you're not watching the Justin F. Hesley show. She's I'm listening. But we were there, and we were on our way. We were texted to come over to the White House. So we left after the rally was over, and we were walking towards the White House. And then we got stopped and said, don't come. Something happened. And we didn't even know Thank what God. happened. Thank now, uh, what have I gone into the White House? Let me tell you something. There are some people who are bad. You're right. There were uh, in every rally, you know, even if you go to the Black Lives Matter rallies, a lot of them are very peaceful and calm. You always have crazies. You always have the young ones that do things. There's always prejudice. I grew up in a, in a, t- in a time of the 60s and 70s where really it was it was a beautiful country but again we had anti-semitism and don't tell me that somebody's perfect that has never used a racial word i don't want to hear no it. no quite to the contrary i'm getting at I the know essence that, of that that, that, uh, that could have been anti-semitic yeah. the answer is no donald yeah. trump has no hate I mean, of course, he has enemies, and of course, he's angry. You've seen that on videos. I can't deny it. He doesn't hate a particular group, even though when you think for a moment that he stopped the Muslim or the Syrian or the Yemenites or whatever, the whole group of coming in. Remember when he banned that? He banned it for a reason to keep our country safe. 
He didn't really pick any particular place. It's like he could have gone and picked Somalia, which we, we have certain countries that are bad. Donald Trump did not identify as a Jew, did not help Israel because his grandchildren were Jewish, because his philosophy, if you look back over all his interviews, go back to 1983 when they asked him if he was going to run for so president. So you're saying it was a consistent part of his Consistent platform. from day let's, one. Let's put a pin on the, in this issue around Donald Trump and, and, and hate and, and so forth. We'll come back to that after the break. Now we actually do have to oh, pay really? for the show. Yeah, I have to, and I have to take a breath, right? Because I have to read these spots. So, wow. Yeah, so no, we'll you keep, you're just delicious. You keep going. You know what I mean? I love you. you you're, yeah. you're a great guest, by oh, the way, wow. Heshi, for many reasons. One of them is that I get to breathe a little bit. You know oh. what I mean? Like you, you, you get into it. Oh, <laughs> I, I, thought, you, you know. I thought you were going to say I'm fat, so you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I didn't let you eat any, so you're losing you're actually, You know what? You're actually looking great. You look a little you. thinner than, than when I saw you last. I bought a bigger suit. Oh, there you go. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back on Thank Equal you. Footing. a great song arcade fire put your money on me well put your money on docuvax you guys have heard me talk about this great sponsor of our show here equal footing if you're a small or medium-sized business owner and you want to provide low-cost effective health benefits for your employees maybe you're a school administrator and you want to ensure all of your students have the proper vaccines you know what Maybe you're just a head of household, not just, it's the most important job in the world. Maybe you're a head of household and you want to keep your family's medical records up to date. Welcome to DocuVax. It's an easy-to-use digital locker accessible on your laptop or smartphone. It allows you to safely store and validate basic medical information. We're talking about everything from immunization records, lab results, even your x-rays and MRIs. So gone are those days of losing time tracking down old medical records or sharing test results with a new healthcare provider. The DocuVax system covers over 60 different elements of your medical profile, from flu, COVID, and tetanus vaccines to colorectal and breast cancer screenings, even blood type, allergies, etc. To sign up, go to DocuVax.com, that's D-O-C-U-V-A-X.com, or call 833-859-1933. For as little as $6.99 per month, DocuVax subscribers can privately access all of their medical records, and you do so from a secure, HIPAA-compliant digital storage facility. And as a subscriber to DocuVax, medical, this is the best part, Medical professionals are professionals. Doctors and nurses are on call for you 24 hours a day. They can validate your vaccine records for a third party, your serology or blood tests, or anything else in your digital medical locker. So call 833-859-1933 to sign up for DocuVax or go to DocuVax.com. Your medical data on DocuVax is never accessible unless you, as the individual subscriber, want to share it privately using a proprietary QR-based system that keeps your data secure at all times. And by the way, if you're an organization, as I said at the outset of this promotion, if you're interested in promoting and sponsoring your employees or partners in being DocuVax subscribers. It's a super inexpensive, great way to give your employees a healthcare benefit. You can do so and get group discounts. Call 833-859-1933 and mention that you heard about this discount opportunity on equal footing. That's 833-859-1933. Operators are standing by. I've been calling. All right, you're back on Equal Footing. I'm Dove Tusman. I'm here with my vivacious and gregarious guest, wow, Harold, I love it. Uncle Heshi Tischler. I'm writing that word down. i got to use it on my show. The host of the Just Enough Heshi show you that was a great cue on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. on this network, the Talkline Network. Businessman, activist, aspiring representative of the people here in a major urban district in the New York area. Before we went on the break, talking about 
Donald and the Jews, which is our somewhat tongue-in-cheek way of describing our topic of the night, which has to do with the relationship between Donald Trump and the Trump movement or Trumpism and the observant Jewish community. You had mentioned, Heshi, that you didn't feel that uh, that that Donald Trump's uh, approach on Israel really had to do fundamentally with any uh, like or dislike of any particular ethnic group was rather a consistent you know, policy decision uh, related over you know decades of opinion that he had voiced in, in other media. Yeah, you're a smart guy. You look at his history. It's not only on the Israel. Many of his policies that he came up on budgets. You, you look back when he was on the Oprah Winfrey show and other shows that I've seen, I, I, and we see it on clips and videos being passed around. He is consistent constantly on his opinions, not only on Israel, on Europe, on NATO, he screamed at. And he was beautiful on that. One after the next, and look at him. The, what, the, what happened with the stock market? Didn't go up 1,000, 2,000, 10,000. He made people rich, but not only that, he kept the economy bust, blood, whatever, bubbling. Here is a man who does not have one single uh, um, anti-Semitic bone. And the Jewish people, the Jewish people, I'm not only talking about the Orthodox, even the ones that didn't vote for him, they are always haters. Don't get me wrong. I don't know what I do wrong, and I got a lot of haters. Estimates are, by the way, that overall the Jewish vote in the United States voted about 55 60% for Biden on the overall Jewish vote. So because, really, we're again, talking here about the more observant community, but, the more but, orthodox community. Because the orthodox community does not uh, um, uh, supersede or uh, is not as big of a group as the unorthodox community. Uh, you know, the conservative reform, they're very big movement. Even the Reconstructionists that call themselves Jews when they're really not. Not that I have a problem Ooh, with That's it. a topic for another okay, day. Okay, but <laughs> I'm just telling you, I, I know Reconstructionist sure synagogues. Yeah. I've helped them and I've yeah. gone into them. I know yeah. rabbis in them. The point a Jew is a Jew is a, a Jew. Jew. Yeah. Right, exactly. The point is is that Donald Trump on the Orthodox community, you're wrong, 85%, even more, I believe. We all love No, him. no, all, I was talking about the overall right. community. Overall and, and, and they love, right, they love Donald Trump. Wherever I go, everybody talks about it. Will Donald Trump get elected again with the Jews? Again, it's a Democratic... Look at a guy like me. But Why but would I go you, to the polls and vote for Donald Trump I think when you, I lost? I think, you, I think you might be, with all respect, missing my point. I'm not making the point about whether... Or I'm not asking the question right. about whether we as as a Jewish community as a whole, or as an observant Jew, for example, should or should not vote for Donald Trump. For, uh, from my perspective, let, let's assume, just for the sake of the, uh, the facility of discussion, that every listener, I'm sure this, of course, is not going to be the case, but let's make hypothetical where every listener agrees that, you know, all observant Jewish people for reasons X, Y, and Z should vote for Donald Trump. Should have in the past, should in the future. Let's kind of take it as a given, whether or not it's it's the case. My point is more, is there a danger around the proximity between a people and, and any, between our community? Or you could, we could, by the way, right. extrapolate this to other very um, strongly unified communities on particular political issues. But right now we're talking about the Orthodox Jewish community. Is there a danger in becoming too closely identified with a particular politician of any stripe? Let me read you a quote that I think brings this to, to, to bear for, for, for me. One of the things that, that President Trump was both criticized and praised for within the Jewish community was his repeated references over not only when he was president but for many years prior about his really his admiring of the fact that the Jewish community is loyal to its interests and has been consistent with respect to, for example, moving the embassy to Jerusalem for uh, decades. Now, the problem, the flip side of that, and this is what I'm trying to get to, is that it does, to some degree, to some degree, set up a question of where do our loyalties lie as a community as a whole? Do we, our loyalties lie at a higher level to country or to a particular leader? And, and I just, uh, read the end, the, the end of this quote and I want you to react to it. Right near the end of his administration, uh, Donald Trump had a meeting of, uh, with a number of leaders from the, from the Jewish community across the, the spectrum of the Jewish community in the United States. And he, and he said this as praise, not as criticism, but in his remarks, he said that he respected that Jews are in it for themselves. That's a, that's a quote. And quote unquote, stick together. Now, that was meant as praise, meaning 
you are a unified voting bloc. Talking to that, in that case, I imagine an Orthodox audience. But of course, that has stoked, that type of thing has stoked anti-Semitism for centuries. When we've lived as a minority community, because as unified as we may be, we're a small minority, and where we live in a milieu that's very varied, that's, that's varied, uh, you know, to, to stick us with that concept of, you know what, you're more loyal to your religion than you are to your country. You're more loyal to your neighborhood than you are to your city and so forth. That's the type of criticism that has stoked anti-Semitism, that has stoked pogroms, that has stoked persecution for, for centuries, not only generations. Does that scare you? Because as a 49-year-old Jewish American adult, it scares me. I haven't felt pigeonholed that way in my voting life. You know, my post-18 life. Well, number one, um, I didn't really mean to tell you that we're voting for Trump again. I just want to clear up the end of our last part of the conversation. I believe that we are voting for the Trump philosophies, the ideas that Trump brought to us. And we wish his ideas continue. When Donald Trump said that quote, about the Jewish people, and you're fearful. I'm 57 years old, first generation American. My father was in the Holocaust. Um, we hid during the programs. We hid in Russia. Hungary, we kept to ourselves because they kept attacking us. We were minorities. We were minorities spread across countries, not big cities. Look at us now. We've been here since the beginning of the country. We've been, we supported America in, in, in the Civil War, in the Revolution. In the Civil War, we were on both sides. World War One, we were heroes. World War Two, I had a cousin that was a hero that went to kill Nazis behind enemy lines. Not one, many Jews. We've right. served My this country. But we've served this country. My father came from the fires of the Holocaust. We are here now. We are good Americans that have built this country. We've served this country, we've paid the taxes, we've built its buildings, shared in its in 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 in, in its in, 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 in ingenuities. We've come up with that. Well, look how many Nobel Prize winners we've are. Uh, we've helped this country grow. Now we are in a community that says, listen. A lot of the other communities don't want to stick together. They want to be all over the place. They want to cause issues. I'm not blaming any community. We found a way. That if we're together in unison, we are unison and power. Look at us. We didn't, we're not on the beach, a lot of the Jews. We're not on, in Manhattan. We have a lot of Jewish all over the place. But Manhattan, West Hempstead, beautiful areas. Where did the Jews pick? They picked the inner city. And in our community, we picked a place, Borough Park, if you would go back 100 years ago, was nothing. We built the neighborhood where you can't even touch a house for $2 million or a million dollars. Why? Not because of the, the, the house itself, but because of the area that we created a community that helps service ourselves and we service other communities. So yes, you have a problem that we're sticking together. We are never going to allow them to come after us. We built this country, and if you touch us, we are not scared. Don't be scared because we have our forces. We have our armies. We have our community services. We are ready. Don't that, get me that, wrong. That language scares me. I know, <laughs> I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm not talking like a, a supremacist You're not group. Speaking I'm not talking literally. as a militia. I'm telling you now that we know you're right. There are anti-Semites against the there are, hey, there are people that hate black people. I don't know why. Are you crazy? My father always taught us there's no such thing as color. Be colorblind. Mm. My father marched in the 60s in the civil rights. Mm. So I'm telling you I now, the too. Jewish people are not anti-Semitic, but we know our history. We know what we've gone through. It was only one generation ago. You're talking in the 1940s. So what are you talking about? It's not even 100 years. I know. I lived. I was a child of a choir. I, my mother just passed away. They're still survivors. We are never going to forget. We are going to stand tall. We're going to support our country. We're going to believe... Not in Trump, in Trump-isms. We love our people enough that we can spread the love out. And we are loving, and that's what Trump is saying. Listen, they're in it for themselves because they have to protect themselves. We're going to get. We're gonna take a quick break, Keshe, and I want to get back to this issue of sticking together. God bless the Jewish people around the world for sticking together. It's the only way we've made it through. God bless our people in this country who have stuck together through through some of the times that, that you've described and have stuck with other groups going through breaking the 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 binds of, of oppression and that's been a great I think 
uh, tag of honor for the Jewish American community that it, that the Jewish American community was so much in the vanguard of the civil rights um, movement in in the sixties. I think in many respects continues to be right. today th- today through uh, organizations that like the Jews AML were so there, forth. right? Exactly. So we're going to come back to it, but there is this complicating issue of dual loyalty, which we'll come back to after no, the break. No, Thanks, no, Ash. No, Thanks, no, Ash. No, no. We'll come back. Footing with Dove Tuzman is sponsored by MDCS Dermatology, your experts in skincare. With two Manhattan locations and four offices in Long Island, including Plainview and Comac, the dermatologists and skincare surgeons at MDCS are proud to be affiliated with the Albert Einstein College of Medicine and New York Presbyterian Hospital. So schedule your next skin exam in one of MDCS's convenient New York area locations. To make an appointment, go to www.mdcs.live or call 212-661-DERM. That's 212-661-3376. You can even schedule a virtual video visit with MDCS's board-certified dermatologists from the comfort and safety of your own home. So go to www.mdcs.live or call 212-661-3376. And don't forget to mention Equal Footing for 15% off all cosmetic procedures. You're back on Equal Footing. I'm Dove Tuzman. We're talking about Donald and the Jews. This is part two of our series on the complicated and interesting and, and often strong relationship between Donald Trump and the Trump movement and the observant Jewish community. This is part two, as I said, of a series that we started back in October of last year, pre-election, with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, and talking about the... Uh, the reasons why it makes sense for there to be very strong support in the observant community around foreign policy that supported Israel under the Trump administration and the current Trump movement, but also the potential pitfalls and dangers of this perceived, if not real, close alliance uh, that our community, that the observant community, ha- again, either proceeds to have or does have with the Trump movement. We have a number of interesting text questions. We'll try to get to a couple during this segment. And then I want to remind everybody you can participate in this live discussion with my wonderful guest, Harold Uncle Heshi Tischler, po- uh, political activist, uh, representative of the people running for city council here in New York. And you can call in at 718 303 9090. That's 718-303-9090. And you can also text a question, and we'll try to get to you at 917-428-4062. That's 917-428-4062. And you can call in or text anonymously. You don't have to give your name if you don't feel comfortable doing that. Right before the break, Heshi, I said a term, and you said, no, no, no. let you know. And the reason why is that it's a very complex term in terms of Jewish history and what it's meant for us as a Jewish community. I'm going to say the term again, and I'm happy to educate the audience, but I'm also happy for you to as well, and it's the concept of dual loyalty. Uh, do you want to explain to the audience why this is such a, a triggering phrase for the Jewish people? Well, uh, I, uh, I just want you to know that in other countries... I can understand your... Um, well, let's define first for the audience what it is. Dual, dual loyalty is uh, that you have loyalty not only to one person or one company or one uh, association. You are, even though they're both competitors in a sense, you are, you, you like equal footing, you are keeping them both the same. Like, um, you know, you, you have two children. Everybody says, oh, I love them the same. You know it's not true, but in this particular case, you want to say that I love both countries the same. And, and I wanted to say the one thing to you. Like, you think to the, the Jews. Response, let, let me, can, I, can I define it a little bit more? I'm not I, I want you to define it, yeah. but just for your knowledge, if you ever went to Italy and you saw the Christian people, and I was there, and John Paul I, I think it was, he was one of the first ones that, well, he was the Polish judge, if I'm correct, right? Or was it the second? Um, John Paul II, second. I believe, was Polish. He was like the first really cool uh, uh, modern uh, pope. 
You should see the people that he associated with. You should see his community. You see how he went to the Jews. He went to Israel. He came to a, a, a shul in Manhattan. Let, let that me, is called the same community we have, and they have a billion people. Let's come back to dual loyalty for okay, a second, because it, I just want to, if you don't mind, as she said no. out a little bit, at risk of, of, of being wordy. The reason why this is so sensitive, and I actually applaud you, um, and uh, yes, we'll, 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 those who are calling in, please be patient. We'll try to get to you. Um, and I applaud you for your reaction prior to the break of, of kind of screaming, no, you know, that I don't, I don't see that as the issue because it is such a sensitive issue. Dual loyalty was an issue that, that Hitler used, um, maybe cursed, uh, which was the idea that, that the, in that case, that the Jewish people in Germany at that time were more loyal to their religion than to their country. It's in, in modern American politics, it's often used as a trope to critique immigrant communities. I mean, ironically, uh, Representative uh, Ilham, for example, has frequently uh-huh. been, been attacked oh, for God. the concept of dual loyalty. Yeah. And the idea that you would hold, you could, it, it, particularly in the political sense, it's that you would uh, be living in a place uh, where you would have another loyalty they would set up a conflict of interest because it would be to a place that might have an adverse relationship a- another very easy to understand example of the concept of at least we saw as dual loyalty it's a stain on our on american history but the putting of japanese americans in internment camps right. was a very um uh you know uh, clear uh, example of dual loyalty accepted as a problem with a particular community on the national on the national stage. Now, this, as you can imagine, for for the Jewish people, is extremely sensitive topic uh, because we are a diaspora. I mean, yes, about half of the Jews in the world live in Israel, but half live out, and everywhere we, we live outside of Israel, we are in the minority, and everywhere we're in the minority, we're a small minority. New York is a little bit of a there's a torque to New York, right? Because New York area has three million people affiliated who self-identify as Jews, that's a large population. It's still a small minority of 17 million people in the area. So do you at least acknowledge, Heshi, you you could feel, again, let's take the hypothetical extreme where that the extreme where a particular politician, in this case we're talking about Trump, but it could be another politician in 10 years from now, embodies all of the platform planks that we as an observant Jewish community want to see out there in the political uh, stage? And could you acknowledge that even in that case, we should not be too tied to that individual as it relates to kind of Israel or Jewish-friendly policy because of the perception, at least, if not the reality of dual loyalty? That's the problem with us, and that's the problem that happened in the pandemic. We hide we were told a lot of the Jewish leaders scream at me and rabbis, Heshi, you're too flamboyant. We're quiet. We, we just need a little uh, uh, um, entree and dessert. Forget about the meat. Quiet. We, we're always under the radar. Nobody sees us. And that's why they come after us. That's why de Blasio was able to come after us. Now, I work all over this city. Okay, I worked, I've been around the country, I traveled the world as a travel agent, but I'm all over the city every day, from Manhattan, New York, Manhattan, Bronx, I even go to Longer Island, I go upstate, I'm all over. I've been to um, neighborhoods of, of Jamaican neighborhoods, I've been to neighborhoods where people come from at West Africa, I've been to neighborhoods that are um, from uh, ch- China, Chinese uh, uh, neighborhoods, I work in p- people that come from Mexico, different neighborhoods, and if you look at them, they're all loyal, and if you know, they always you send money. Lo- you're saying the dual loyalty. When you go to their communities, you see their communities. restaurants, you see their uh, people going to their little uh, places and sending money back to their country. You know, when when uh, there was a, Hesh, a I hurricane, just wanna, I want to acknowledge and put a pin in your point because I think it's a good one. You're saying, if I understand you correctly, you know what? Every minority community that's deeply connected to a homeland somewhere else yeah. has this issue, right. and yet. We've been told not to be outspoken about right. it, and it's about time that we speak up. Yeah, I was at a I was at a, a launch party for a, a councilwoman named Dimple Willibus, wonderful lady. Uh, she's from uh, one of the islands. I forgot the name. What she told me, and she got up there and said, "Look, my sister is there. I'm a woman that came from this country. I love that country. I love my people that came there, and all the people from her community. A lot of them were from that place, and I supported for running for city council of the district 46. What did she do? She 
spoke about her past, spoke about her country, spoke about a new life over here, and spoke about all the people when there's issues there in their country. What do they do? They get all their little friends, all their neighborhoods, and they send food back to those countries. Same way with Puerto Rico. We have a lot of people here from Puerto Rico, which is America in a sense. And again, again, it's not a state yet. There isn't as much of a dual loyalty issue there. I believe, I believe because of the fact that they're also, you know, part of the, the but United the people States from the territory. island of Puerto Rico or whatever the, what do you want to call it, no, they, I get your point. Right. I'm just saying that they don't often, that but community is always often sending that money home. They, if you sure. notice that even a lot of the Mexican people that I work with, who I see all the time, always sending money back to their country. Why? Because they need to support the families. Russia, Lat- Latvia, a lot of the places, are, they want to go home, but they can't be home. This great country gives them the power to, to grow. So you're right. We are loyal and love this beautiful, great land. But we did, we were born, you know, I was, I was born and raised in Bensonist. I miss it. I love Borough Park. I love my people, but I still wanted to, where I grew up, you know, the house you grew up, the little lines that were sitting outside. Our people in this country, it's everybody. That's the beauty of America. You're loyal to this great new brilliant land, but we're never going to forget what, what do you think? So who, who do you think? So who, who went to war for Europe? We so didn't have to go. I, I want to move to the next issue. I want to take a couple of go texts ahead, and, go, and go. questions. I'm sorry. But I, no, no, this is great, Heshi. And I do want to acknowledge, and, and, and we have a, this is part of the purpose of the show. We, we can disagree on this, but also respect each other. I do respect what you're saying, which I see as the, the, the encouragement of not to be afraid Voice your needs as a community. Be out there, not be kind of uh, un- under un- under wraps. And and we did that for generations. I love your and, country. And, and, love your country. Yeah. No questions. But also be loyal to Correct. to your people's needs yeah. more specifically. And I get that. I I think my perspective is that that dual loyalty issue is 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 a sensitive issue across the board, whether it's the Jewish community or not. And I do think it's something. As as a Jewish community, we need to be particularly sensitive to. But I respect where you're coming from. So here's you know, a tough question. Do you know where my father's buried and my mother? They're buried in Israel. That was it. After their death, after their death, they wanted to go be buried in their land. But where did they live all their lives? Where did they serve? Where did they pay taxes? Where did they help the poor? Where did they love their fellow black Jew, Israeli, Muslim? They loved here. They stayed here. They served here. Hey. I want to go back. So to you're that. saying you can have dual loyalty without yeah. having the conflict yeah. of interest. Yeah. I want to get to another topic. You're such a, a a forthright guest. I want to make sure we get. So I'm I'm editing down a little bit for for length, um, but this this listener is texting in uh, and said they they consider themselves from which for those listeners who don't know means religious, a, religious or observant Jew. Um, they live in Crown Heights, and it's gotten to the point where I cannot say anything negative about Donald Trump. For fear of getting hassled. Now, let's let's take that that listeners speaking their truth. Is that a problem? Do you think that's a problem? Um, I believe that is a problem. I believe that's a problem, and I believe that um, sometimes people get heated, and that's an issue for me because you know I happen to actually deal with this issue. I have a, a brother-in-law that is a loyal, loving Biden Democrat through and through. You won't believe it. His wife is a Donald Trump Republican down the line. And, and I, and you should see the heated argument. They love each other. They're, they're never going to, you know, but it, yeah, each time when I see them fighting, it bothers me because it, it like, it scares me. Don't be scared to voice your opinion. You're de- some people think, I don't know what happened that politics made our lives crazy. The election is over. Hopefully the arguments have died down a little bit since the election. Course, yes. <laughs> but it, oh no, I, when I go there, I bust his chops still. Right. And he says, look, we still beat you. The point is, it's over. Some people take, you know, when Hillary lost to Donald, people were crying. It's over. Next, America goes on. We transferred power. Did you see how Donald transferred his power? No fighting, no wars. No. <laughs> I think it, there are some folks who would. I got you. They wanted it, it but it, it was there. it was a peaceful transfer. Whatever you want to say. Thank God, in the end, it was. It, it, it's not God. In, thank not God, sure in the end, it it's a be. fact that it's been done for two hundred and something plus years. Okay. It's not going to change, and we're not like those other countries. Remember, guys, this is America. Your loyalty is here, but it's not only loyalty. America is based on. Honor and you're honorable. We're going to take a quick question from the caller who's been very patient on line four before we take our our last commercial break. Line four. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Equal Footing. Uh, I didn't want to call because once I heard who you had, I figured, you know, I'd get indigestion and I've gotten indigestion listening to him because I know who he is and what he is. 
the reality of people like the man you're sitting with uh, is that uh, he has a right to run for an election. He's, he made a living. He's made money for himself. God bless him. But because you have money and because you have a mouth doesn't mean you know what you're talking about. Sure it does. Least. Sure it does. No, it doesn't. Sure it does. Let's let him know. Sure, sure, but, you know, but you see, I don't mind you insulting me. Listen, young man. Uh, you have made statements, lies. You've made statements about... Uh, the, the illnesses that we've had in this city. That's you've right. Made statements if, if you, and if you've if lied you, to the lied. public. I've ne- listen to me. Listen to me, about. little man. I've never second. lied. No, no. I want to argue with but, him. But I, for those I, listeners not in New York, I don't mind <laughs> Remember, our, our, because you're not you're not bright. Because I'm going to tell you I why. Right. You're wrong. Not only you're not right. I don't want to have to call you a name because it's not my show. But you're stupid. And I'll tell you why. Sir, not, I didn't call you stupid. I don't care what you called me stupid. But I'm going to tell you that you are. You are. And I'll tell you. I'm gonna, you're I'm gonna ignorant. Ask. You are in. You, listen to me. I am a man. I am a man. Listen to me. You can always scream me as much as you want, but I want to have a conversation with you. You know why you. You know why you're upset with me. You know why you're upset with me and you have indigestion. Because I got stuff done. I've got. One minute. One minute. I've got. If you both. If you both speak at the same time, then no one can hear. So, so uh, let, let me tell you who Heshi, I'm. why don't you make your point? And then I'm let's gonna make let my him point. Make my point. name is Heshi Tischler, and I'm gonna t- uh, right. And I'm gonna tell you simple. I'm the guy who accomplished stuff. You don't like the way I did it, 90% of the people I'm are using, wait a minute, you, I, I, hello, hello, stop, you said I'm going, you said I'm going to be able to speak, you don't let me talk, you don't let me talk. Caller, the, the, way, the way that the audio works is that we can't, we can't actually hear. You should be ashamed of yourself, do you know, do you know that if I had a chance to put you over my knee, I would really hurt you, but let me just tell you something, oh yeah. Let me tell you something. Please, are you kidding me? I, I, I listen to me. I'm a, I'm a big tough guy. I know you don't scare me. You know what? I love. That's why I love Dodger. So can you just let me? So let me finish. I have a question. Both of you. I have a question. I just want to say one word. I have a question to both of you. Because pardon my ignorance, I, I'm confused. I, I get that you're angry at each other. You don't agree with I'm each other. I'm not angry at all. Okay, I get you don't agree with each uh-huh. other, but I actually don't. I, 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 it's not. Uh, dis- he doesn't let me say my no, piece. I actually don't know. Go what ahead, the, say your piece. Uh, wait, wait, guys. I'm asking a question. Here. Either of you could answer. What is the actual subject matter that's at hand here? It sounds like there's some something your caller you're you're addressing some particular thing that was said or done well, he, i don't even know what that well, is well the statement on dual citizenship he didn't know what it was he couldn't define it are you an idiot dual of course i defined it i was I trying to you talk yeah, again you're, you're interrupting me i was trying to explain it to an idiot like you well, instead of saying two different countries right okay. you're, in, you're because you keep interrupting me so i have to call your name to shut up and i want you to tell it to you simple of course i know dual citizenship i tried to explain it in layman's terms what dual citizenship is that how loyalty works how honor is you seem not to have any of it but let me just again you're interrupting me so let me finish let me explain to you something I'm the guy who got you your freedoms. I'm the guy who lets you go to the store. I'm the guy who makes sure your synagogues, your rabbis, your friends, you were able to get on the trains. I'm the guy who lets you have your freedom. If you don't want to go out of your house, you don't want to take a mask, don't go. Nobody's telling you to go. Stay at home, lock yourself up. People died. You people died because of people like you that did not allow us into our nursing homes and hospitals to watch our mothers wait. You're interrupting me. You are interrupting me. So listen to me. As much as, he doesn't want to let me finish. Hang on you know why he doesn't want to let me finish? As, as much Wait. as the vol, as much as the, the there's no volume. As, I'm right. As much as no, wait, 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 guys. As you much know as it helps, you, as much as it helps the ratings, I have to. I, we do have to take one more break. This is what I'm going to ask. First of all, I'm going to ask you guys both to breathe for a minute. But I will ask caller if you have my text number. It's nine one seven four two eight. Well, this is what I'm saying. I, I, if I, what I'm worried about is I'm not actually getting the substance of it for listeners. I, so I'm not. I'm not actually understanding what the essence of the disagreement about. So during the break, if you don't mind, if you do, that's fine. If you if you could text me what the essence of the issue is, that might help me guide us. But I, I do want to... His essence is that he's not an American. He hates America. I wanna, and this guy I believes... Oh, sure. This. You're an anti-Semite. You're an anti-Semite. <laughs> and I want you to know something. God's going to punish you. God's going to punish you. God's going to punish you, that, little girl. Yeah, 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 I don't endorse. I don't... I don't an American, right? We, we, you treat your I'm an American through and through. My blood runs American, boy. Caller nine one. My text number is not. We're gonna keep on. I'm not doing Texas. Okay. Okay. The guy. 
please. Let's hope then, he loses. Then That's please, the main thing. I'm not only am I going to lose, I'm going to be speaker, you stupid fool. Jeez. Okay, well, he's hung up. Hashi, I, I, I would have liked to have heard. I apologize. No, what, what his point what is. His is point was, but we do need ahead, to take go, a break. Go, go, go please. You better, <laughs> you better do it quickly. We'll both meditate. Well, actually, I don't know, because I have to read I have to read this uh, oh, right, okay. promo from one I'll of our wonderful sponsors. You take a break. I wish, caller, you've hung up. I wish you would text me 917-428-4062. It's 917-428-4062. You or someone else, we just have five minutes left after the break, could at least tell me a little bit more about the essence of, of the dispute. Uh, I, I am, I really am disappointed we got to that level of, uh, of volume, but I'm sure there's something interesting at the essence of it. I think, caller, I think I know who you were, but I don't want to call your name out on the air because you didn't, you didn't say your name. I don't want to be respectful. So please, if, if you could text me, that'd be great. We'll be right back on Equal Footing. Yeah, you never said a word. You didn't send me no letter. Don't think I could forgive you. See, our word is slowly dying. I'm All right. Well, we're going to talk about Manhattan Medical for a minute. And this is a very important message for men. You could just, and if you were listening to that last segment, feel the... The uh, sometimes the testosterone that 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 fuels uh, interaction with men. Well, you know, this feeds in actually in a weird way into this uh, this sponsor because Manhattan Medical works around healthy functioning, healthy male functioning. What is more emotionally painful than erectile dysfunction? And that's being able, unable to have enjoyable sex. And Manhattan Medical utilizes a new, very effective therapy. It's called Gaines Wave, and you can achieve excellent results with it. It's been uh, growing like wildfire. Gaines Wave involves no expensive blue, pill, blue pills. It's non-invasive. It's surgery-free. It's painless. With Manhattan Medical, there are no side effects. And for almost all patients, wonderful results. Manhattan Medical's Gaines Wave Therapy for Erectile Dysfunction can help you. Call 888-ED-CURE-9. That's 888-ED-CURE-9. Or 888-332-8739. That's just a number without the letters. 888-332-8739. Please call for a free consultation. You know, most men at some point in their life struggle with erectile dysfunction and less than a third get proper treatment. So give yourself a gift. At least talk to them. If you call now and you mention you heard about this on Equal Footing, you get a free consultation. It's a free consultation with the doctor about curing your erectile dysfunction. That's Manhattan Medical, 888-332-8739. All right, you're back on Equal Footing. I'm Dove Tusman. I'm here with my guest, Harold Heshi Tischler. Uh, we are talking about the complicated uh, as you just heard, sometimes passionate issue of the relationship between the observant Jewish community and Donald Trump or Trumpism. Uh, and I'm going to try to, because we only have a couple minutes left, wrap this up and also, in a sense, try to end on a more, I would say, if not conciliatory, then um, synchronizing right. uh, note. But just for your knowledge, and that caller is a is a example of hate. He doesn't understand that he could have accepted uh, uh, and joined the conversation. Instead, he had to come in angry and make... And that's my point. Actually, With Heshi, Donald Trump, you know... It, I know you want to blame me for no, it, and no, I I'm, agree. I'm not going to blame oh, I take full. I take full responsibility. Heshi, you, you're a radio host, right. and you know right. we've got you a got minute and a half the last minute. Left. It's all yours, baby. It's so, your show. Actually, you know, I, I, I do... Uh, believe that there's that everything is either a concealed blessing, a revealed blessing, or a concealed yeah. blessing, and we believe that is in, in in the Judaic faith. And to me, the passionate of that energy is, re- is really difficult as listeners. I think to understand what's going on, you're both yelling over each other. But I actually think, in a weird way, it was encouraging to me. Wow! And here's why: the genesis of this series of show of Donald and the Jews is the concept that we brought up in this last segment that clearly touched a nerve, right? Yeah. You could hear it. And also the number of texts. I'm sorry for those who texted in questions. We have a number of them we didn't get to. That uh, 
it's a sensitive issue, this dual loyalty issue. It yeah. really is. Like wherever you sit on it, we have to be sensitive to it mm-hmm. because we've suffered so much yeah. as a Jewish community yeah. And, yeah. And for it. And so have other communities in this country, including including the Muslim communities, yeah. certain Caribbean communities, certain Asian communities, etc. And and w- the fact that there's that level of disagreement, frankly, with a couple of people, because I think that caller's also someone who, who certainly self-identifies yeah. as Jewish and probably somewhere is like very you know strong pro-Israel, and that you, there actually is you can sit on different parts of the spectrum and you know what feel totally comfortable it may be painful but but able to yeah. he, make yourselves heard to each other that in a sense to me is encouraging it's not monolithic our community is not monolithic our and there's a place for Ashi Tischler there's a place for for that caller uh, and we are about to wrap up thank you very much Ashi I have a dream one day, this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its dream. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are free to be I have a dream that one day only the red hills. Oh,